0: Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here at the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24 7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. A huge week for Auburn basketball, getting a couple of huge road wins first over Alabama on Tuesday. That's probably their best win of the season. Um, so far, just given the context and the circumstances, weathered uh, second half run from Alabama. And then just yesterday, as we recorded this on Sunday, uh, Auburn was down by as much as 14 in the first half against Ole Miss. They were able to come back in the second half with defense and some good shot making, won that game on the road as well. They're now 5-0 and in the SEC. Got Mark Murphy and Jason Caldwell here. Talk about basketball, talk a little Auburn football as well. And Mark, we were recording this on Sunday and at 11 a.m. Central Time. Tomorrow on Monday, there is a very real possibility that Auburn could be the number one team in the country for the first time in program history. Obviously, they reached number two during that 98-99 season. That was also the last time they started 5-0 in the SEC, and that's their record for most regular season wins. They got 26 wins in the regular season um, that year. It's between them and Gonzaga. Obviously, all Auburn fans think that Auburn has the better resume, of course, and that it's a no-brainer. Um, but it probably will be a pretty pretty close one down, uh, down the line. We'll see how the voting goes. But anyway, Mark, just your impressions of Auburn basketball this last week, picking up two huge wins on the road um, and still just kind of looking like an unkillable team, regardless of what you try to do to them. At um, this point in the season, they've just got too many answers and too many guys. Yeah, Nathan and
1: Jason, what really stands out to me is these guys are – playing with a lot of poise. Uh, They're not panicking when things don't go well. Um, You know, even against Ole Miss, when they got way down uh, early in the game, Ole Miss was shooting really well, doing a lot of things well. It didn't look like they were overly concerned, and they just chipped into the lead, had a nice little 7-0 run to close the first half, and then took control in the second half, only allowed seven field goals in the second half to Ole Miss. And, uh, well, that's strong defensively. And if you just look at this team's numbers for the season, uh, in conference play, they're only allowing opponents to make 37.8% of their shots, 28.9% of their three-pointers. And they keep playing like that, they're going to win more than five games in a row in the league. That's for sure, Nathan.
0: Yeah, we kind of figured, you know, we saw the best way to solve this Auburn defense, which you just talked about, was really efficient in every area. Um, best way to do it is just to physically not miss shots, which was what Ole Miss was doing at the beginning of that game. I mean, everything was going in, um, for them. Auburn had a great offensive start as well. Um, but Ole Miss was able to stretch theirs out a little bit longer. Walker Kessler, um, easily his, you know, the triple double, you're probably going to call that his best game of the season. Um, but absolutely stuffed the stat sheet again, had a double double with 20.7 blocks, um, in this game. And Mark, had dealt with, I mean, fouled out the last two games. Um, And Auburn's interior defense is just a lot different. Obviously when he's out of the game was able to stay out of foul trouble. Also no turnovers. Um, It's just insane how much he, he can impact this defense when he's able to stay on the court, like he did for 32 minutes in this game.
1: Yeah. In addition to the shots, he blocks, he alters a lot of others and he also makes people think twice about driving inside and uh, yeah, he's playing really well right now. And to me, It's 7-1, 255. He's an interesting guy because, you know, he's comfortable on the perimeter. He's a really good passer. He's got quick hands. He, you know, he gets his hands on a lot of balls. Um, he had four steals uh, in the old Miss game, which is really a high number for a, a, a guy who's playing post. And uh, he played 32 minutes too, Nathan, which really stands out to me because early in the season, it didn't look like he was – physically conditioned well enough to, uh, you know, play the high level for that long. But he's really rounded himself into really good shape. And um, he's real comfortable with his teammates. Uh, this team's building excellent chemistry. And, uh, um, you know, when he's in the game, they really have a true rim protector. And uh, that's, you know, even though college basketball is heavily guard-oriented, there's still a place for really good big guys who can uh, do what he's doing right now.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't for him. It just wasn't the defense had some big shots down the stretch. They were all just lobs and layups, the basket and dunks from, uh, from Wendell green was, was one of their best forms of offense. Um, but like we talked about at the beginning, so much depth for this team, even though they shortened the lineup a little bit, um, Leor Bur- Berman and Chris Moore didn't play in this game. Um, we saw a little bit more, of Alan Flanagan. He, he looks, I don't know about you. He looks healthy to me. Um, maybe not a hundred percent, but he's got a lot of that step back. Um, the kind of the quick move to the basket that he had last, that's what made him so good was his ability to drive to the basket. And he had, he's had more than a few of those plays, um, over the past couple games.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think Alan is way ahead of where I expected him physically. He's still trying to get his hand, eye coordination, timing, and just basketball rhythm back. But, uh, Yeah. He he's doing really well. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Wendell green, um, talk about a guy playing well right now in the the five sec games, he's the leading scorer averaging, you know, uh, 16.6 points per game. And, uh, you know, he's shooting 91.7% at the free throw line in sec play. And you love a point guard who's doing that. Don't you agree, Jason?
2: He's doing really everything well. And you're right. Um, the guy with the ball in his hands, it's so important for him to be able to, to shoot free throws down the stretch, clutch free throws. And we saw that almost sink both Alabama and Mississippi State in their game. Neither one of those teams can make free throws down the stretch, almost cost Mississippi State. But going back to Allen, I, no question, I think he's physically looks really good. It's the rust factor now, you know, the, the, the rust factor of his shot, um, some of those things, and just kind of getting into the flow of a basketball game. But um, – no, this is a it's a it's a fun team. Got a ton of depth, and when you see guys, you know, like you know Chris Moore and some of these other guys that aren't getting a ton of playing time, but when you bring them in, there's energy, there's excitement. Hey, coming off the floor, those guys are they're in, they're involved, they're invested. Um, it shows you that you got a team concept, and that's the thing. You jump out, you look at this team, and it that's exactly what it is. We've seen. Groups from Kentucky the last few years, Duke the last few years, they were ultra-talented, but it looked like they were playing one individual guy, but there are five players on the court. This is a group that doesn't care who gets it. They don't care who scores. They're just like, hey, I just want to win. And when you find that, it's fun. And uh, I think the crazy thing about this team is they still haven't played a 40-minute game. They still haven't put one of those games together where you look at it and go, that's what we thought we'd see all year. Kentucky did that against Tennessee. They had one of those games. Auburn hasn't had one of those games. They've played well in in every game in stretches, but they haven't put it all together. Uh, that's the the scary thing, I think, for the rest of the you know, the rest of this league and the country is that. I mean, this this team still got its best basketball ahead of it. I can yeah. get there. Is a question? Yeah, the bounce back has been the biggest,
0: and that's you know, and people like to compare um, and. And people are, you know, talking about oh, is this team good enough to make it back to the final four? All that kind of stuff. Obviously, you can just kind of table that for now because you know, probability wise, no, they won't, you know, they're probably better, but just probability wise, it's really hard to make it the final four right now. You gotta really, focus hard. On, yeah, you got to focus on SEC championships, you got to focus on you know, trying to win the regular season. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest difference between at least to me, y'all have covered much more Auburn basketball than I have. Um, but just the past. Four seasons. They've had really good teams, but in road spots like this. The old miss game just really stuck out to me. Um, you know, how many games have we seen like that under Bruce Pearl, where you know, Auburn's got a really good team, but they just get punched in the mouth and the SEC on the road and they just don't have enough to be able to respond in a lot of different ways. You know, think about like the Florida game a few years ago where they shoot really badly. Um, the Alabama game where Alabama gets hot like two years ago in Tuscaloosa, and they just kind of can't slow them down. Um, the biggest thing for me is like you talked about, Jason. You know, it's not they haven't played a complete game, but they've always had a response to to whatever the opponent is doing um, that's hurting them. They've always had either either a couple guys or a set of plays or just a stretch in the second half. They've yet to not close a game well. Every single game they've played, they've been able to close out well. Even Alabama, when Alabama stormed back, scored fourteen in a row. He hit four huge free throws um, at the end of this game. So maybe maybe we'll see that game on Saturday against Kentucky. Talking about Auburn playing a complete game. Um, we were talking about before we got on, Jason was looking up some ticket prices. Um, that will certainly be a massive – I mean, it could be the biggest game in the history of Auburn Arena. It probably is. Um, and, you know, talk, just looking back at Auburn basketball home games just all
2: time, that's going to be one of the bigger ones. Um, yeah. Every time every time Kentucky plays there, it's usually a big game right. because it's an opportunity to, to beat – there's been a few of those Arkansas game was at 94 mark and in, in beardies and they came in after you know a number one team in the country um 94 95 one of those there's there have been a couple of those occasions but when you put Auburn in the place of that ranked team and have a, a hot Kentucky team it's probably the you know it, it may be the two highest rated teams to to face off together on Auburn soil in a long long time it, obviously Auburn hadn't been ranked this high and Kentucky's probably they had a chance to be top 10 the way the week they had this week too. So.
0: Yeah, we'll see. You know, there's obviously nothing we can do. Uh, you know, nothing we can really talk about until we get the ranking um, on Monday. You know, it's basketball doesn't really matter that much. You know, it's nice to have um, during the season, but you know, the tournament seeding is all that matters. Um, which if you talk about that, <laughs> according to Joe Lenardi, Auburn's the number one overall seed in the entire tournament in terms of his bracketology right now, as we're recording this on, uh, on January 16th. So we'll see again, 11 AM um, on Monday will be when that number one ranking comes out. Mark, do you have a gut feeling? I, I was kind of th- like thinking to myself this morning that it's just going to be Gonzaga. Everyone's just going to look at, you know, what they did this week, scoring hunter hundred points in a couple games, you know, just nobody, you know, Auburn is just going to kind of fall short of it. But now I just kind of have this feeling with, you know, everything we've seen, Jason. I don't know if you've seen on social media. Just people are kind of buzzing a little bit about Auburn right now. I feel like I feel like this might be uh, I feel like this might be the time when voters are just saying, okay, they've earned it. They've you know they've looked better than anybody in the country recently. Um, I don't know what, what's your gut feeling
1: about what we're what we're going to see tomorrow morning. I think Auburn will be probably two and really close to number one because you know Gonzaga was number two in last week's poll and went out and scored over a hundred points and two games, one on the road. And then at home against the BYU team had been playing pretty well. And the uh, BYU game was on national TV and probably a lot of guys who vote in the poll, watched that game, but Hey, I'm not going to be surprised if Auburn's number one. And, uh, uh, certainly you can make a good argument for that. Particularly, you know, Alabama is a, a common opponent. And Alabama went out to Seattle and, uh, put it on Gonzaga pretty well out there. And then Auburn just beat Alabama on its home court where it had a 17 game home winning streak. So uh, there's certainly a case to be made, but, and you're right. It's not, you know, a huge deal as far as the big picture for postseason and all that, whether they're not ranked number one this week, but I think it's a big deal to Bruce Pearl and a lot of Auburn basketball fans because Auburn has never been number one in the AP poll. They've been two, in three different seasons, but never number one.
0: Yeah, something Bruce Pearl posted that video today of him talking to them before the Ole Miss game in the locker room, and that was something he said, you know, go out, win this game, you're going to be number one in the country um, on Monday. But, obviously, if they're number two, they'll just put that chip on their shoulder and, and, you know, use it as as motivation going into the week. Uh, We talked a little bit about the Kentucky game. They do play Georgia on Wednesday. You know, you're never going to overlook a team in the SEC. That might be the worst team in the SEC, though, coming to play um, on your home gym. Not only do you have a guy like Katie Johnson, a Georgia transfer, you got a lot of Georgia guys as well. There'll, there'll be no lack of motivation um, in that game. But as we look ahead to Kentucky on Saturday, and we'll talk a little bit more about this over the course of the week, Jason, like you talked about, um, not only a complete game for Kentucky—I mean, one of the best shooting performances in recent memory um, in Ever. the SEC. Just yeah, I mean, just I mean, was it? 10 minutes in the second half, they're shooting 73% for the game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they
2: they were at 78, 79 percent into the second half of that basketball game. Finished it was 68.5 percent. Um last time I looked, uh, I, I didn't watch the last few minutes of the game, but they were 17 of 17 from the free throw line. They had made nine of 15 threes and were like 65 percent from two. Um, and and that's from a, a talented basketball. That's not it's not Villanova against Georgetown in 1985 in the national championship game where they shot the ball about 20 times they ran the clock down uh, made made some layups and, and that's how they pulled off the upset this was a team that was running up and down the court they had 96 points with almost five minutes left in the game They ended up scoring 100 and what 107 or whatever but they, they, they could have scored a lot more than that if they'd wanted to um, playing really well it's gone you know first things first for Auburn you know, this this is the week where we learn a lot. I thought last week was a great learning experience for a young team going on the road. Now it's a great learning experience to see how you handle the game when a team comes in and, and you're absolutely the shot for them. That's what Georgia will have. Give me the shot for Georgia. And you got Kentucky coming up this weekend. This will be an easy one to come out there, and, and we've seen it before better team a hey, Baylor lost at home twice this week Northwestern beat Michigan State on road without its best player um this is this is one where you know it's going to take a lot I think a, a lot of Bruce Pearl's talents to to, to have these guys ready to go on Wednesday night um uh, you know, prior to Kentucky
1: okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Yeah, be everyone. that's what everyone will be talking about all week. I'm sure every time we talk to Bruce Pearl, this week before the Georgia game, there will still be questions about Kentucky. Players will be talking about Kentucky all week. Um, so yeah, you're exactly right. It's going to be a good litmus test um, kind of for the maturity of this team, their ability to not overlook an opponent, um, even though it is like we talked about, Georgia's had a lot of struggles um, this season. We'll pivot now to football just for a little bit. Auburn did pick up a commitment today, um, but they're, they're kind of at net zero because they lost the commitment as well. Jason, um, they got, their second Oregon transfer of the offseason, second Oregon guy who's an in-state guy, um, DJ James, who is cornerback um, from Spanish Fort. They got him via the transfer portal, um, but they lost Lee Hunter to the transfer portal as well. He's the second highest rated player in that 2021 class. Do you feel like that is the kind of the effects of the Nick Eason? Is that, Is that pretty much the, the baseline for that decision? Obviously, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, we're not trying to speculate or anything like that, but you know, just kind of what are your impressions of what Auburn saw today in terms of its transfer movement, which continues to be a cycle that seems to have news every single day.
2: Yeah, I, I maybe a little bit, maybe a Nick Eason, but if that was if that was the sole thing, I think it would happen a lot quicker um, for both guys. I think it's just a part of it. Uh, I think it's an opportunity to sit down, you know, maybe with the coaches back in school and go, "Okay, where do you see me? Where do I fit in your plans?" Those kind of things, and maybe then like what he heard, um, I think that's part of it. It's it's just the unfortunate side of of this, the, what this has become, which is, you know, you never know. I just I just kind of wrote this, but you, you think about it. These are the time where in in years past we were finalizing a roster, and you went, "Okay, here's who is going to be on this team in the fall, unless something happens." Well, now you don't know at all. The coaches don't know. The players don't know. Um, you don't know who, what the roster is going to look like in August until July. Um, it's a difficult thing to deal with, and that's where, that's where we are right now. I mean, obviously, you know, they needed another corner with some losses there at the position. So, D.J. James is a guy that's really athletic, a um, guy that has, has three years left to play, so it gives you some, some options there um with it you know a guy that has ball skills i remember him in high school you know, <clears throat> played wide receiver and did a lot of different things at spanish forward so that's a big addition um obviously you lose uh, now a couple of defensive linemen a future defensive lineman in Caden's story you know he says hey i'm still considering auburn but you know once this is done it's it's usually over with you very very rarely do you see a guy come back and i would not expect that to happen in this case either so if you're auburn you lost a couple of young defensive linemen. Now you brought in a couple of transfers and Jeffrey Imba, a junior college, and, and obviously Jason Jones from Oregon. Um, they're a little older, a little more physical, uh, and should be, you know, more prepared to play right away. But um, you know, if you're Auburn, you, you start looking at the, the future of that defensive line, um, much like the offensive line. You got some older bodies now, uh, and and you know where guys fit. Marquise Robinson. Uh, Ian Matthews, Tabichi Coley, some of those guys. How this spring's going to be really important for them because they're going to need to start developing the depth there. Um, they got they got some bodies, but uh, not as many as they had a couple of days ago for sure. You've been at the recruiting complex this weekend, and Jason, um,
0: you know what can you tell us about Jack Pyburn out of Jacksonville? Obviously, that's a that's a guy that's sort of emerged in this in this class right now, twenty twenty two on um, that, that edge position. Um, and then Auburn's efforts in the transfer portal moving forward, you know, guys that they're still looking at. I know we talked about it a little bit before, but, you know, the offensive line news, getting two guys back. How does that change sort of their, their board that they're looking at right
2: now in, in terms of the transfer portal? Yeah. You know, it's, I, I think the, the plus of getting experienced guys back is also a negative in terms of trying to get some transfers when, when you start, you know, you bring back Nick Brahms, you bring back Austin Troxel, Brandon Council, and Alec Jackson. And you've got, you know, Keontre Jones there. You've got Killian Zaire there. You've got Brendan Coffey coming back and Jaleel Irvin. That's a ton of experience coming back. And a lot of older guys, you know, for for transfers, those guys normally want to jump in there and go, look, I'm going where I absolutely know I'm going to play. Um, so, there has to be a little bit of a question mark. Osiris Torrance, the transfer from Louisiana, um, that visited Auburn, um, had some connections to the staff. Um, but he told uh, Blake Alderman uh, from our Florida site um, on Sunday night that down to Florida and LSU, uh, his teammate was a guy that Auburn recruited. Um, you know, wide receiver Kyron Lacey uh, chose to stay at home in LSU, a Louisiana kid. Um, Auburn's had Mason Brooks, offensive lineman from Western Kentucky in um, he's, he's more an offensive tackle um, at the moment um, I wouldn't say that Auburn is trending you never know but I mean these guys have to be in class and and, and done by Wednesday that's kind of the drop dead date for Auburn so um, something has to be done pretty quickly for for him um, and and then you know, Hunter Norzad is going to visit later this week um, but he's not an early guy, he'll be in the spring so that's the thing. This thing's going to go on until you know March, April, even May, um, that they may fill some holes in. A lot of that may depend on what happens after spring practice. But um, no, it's it's an it's a never ending cycle, um, you know. At this point, and you know Auburn is still looking to add a few guys. Travante uh, Citizen being one of them, running back from Louisiana, that um, expected to be on campus the next couple of days on uno- unofficial visit as he looks at kind of his his top schools one more time. So. Um, pretty busy time, not a ton of names, but some guys that are, that are closing in, especially the transfer market guys, because like I said, if you're, uh, if you're wanting to get into spring practice, you got about, about three days to, to get it done. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, last year they didn't even get
0: TJ Finley committed to like middle of June or something like that. So it's a process, it's a process that can drag out, um, a really long time, especially if you're talking about guys that'll be coming in the fall. So We'll see if Auburn wants to add another quarterback, maybe, you know, like, like Jason said, you know, the wide receiver position is something they're definitely looking at needing to bolster. You've got those three freshmen coming in um, as well. So lots of good information there from Jason. Um, I think that'll wrap it up for us. We'll talk a little bit later in the week about basketball again, huge week for them. Um, Don't miss it. 11 o'clock central time on Monday morning is when the AP poll will come out. We'll have that covered for you guys. Um, Auburn undercover inside the Auburn Tigers have that, for y'all. And then later in the week, obviously Georgia and Kentucky basketball games um, inside Auburn Arena. Thank you guys so much for listening. To this episode, of the Auburn Undercover podcast. If you guys enjoyed it. Please leave us a five-star review. It's the number one thing that helps us out. And until the next episode, we will see you guys later. Everybody have a good start to the week.